0: giving me a little introduction uh, to why I'm reading this scripture and the length of this scripture, uh, and I, I think God is going to help us, I think he's going to help me, uh, to be honest, because this sermon that I'm going to preach is going to be about our perspective, and it's going to be about our perspective in life of the church. You know, uh, the Bible uh, uh, is a uh, very, very unique book. And Bible scholars find it to be a very, very unique book. Um, And there's many reasons for that. One of them is that there are so many different authors, and yet it has this um, uh, uh, link, this joint, and joining together. And I want you to think about that. The fact that the Bible, many of the people who wrote the Bible never met each other or even knew each other. And they certainly read it uh, or wrote it in vastly different areas. It was inspired by the Holy Ghost, and that is what links it together. What links it together is these men had a common God. And it's a unique book, uh, especially the New Testament, because it's written to all the churches in operation at that time. And it contains truths. Truths. That the apostles want all the churches to be aware of. And uh, the main theme of the New Testament, which may shock you, is church. That's what it is. It's about the church. It's about what the church is. It's about who the church is. It's about how the church is to function. And it's about the purpose of the church on the earth. And there's a great need for God's people, for those born again, to get a fresh understanding and appreciation of the church. What is the church all about? Because the world, by and large, doesn't care who we are. Average believer doesn't really know who we are. And it leaves a spiritual vacuum in the world. What I like to call the great sucking sound. See, until people catch the value of the church, until they catch the priority of gathering together and the gathering together of God's people, they will not have impact. Because God wants to impact the world with the church, see, we will not have the kind of influence on our generation if we're not a church. If we're simple individuals believing in God, we will not have the impact. Last night, I had my brother give a testimony because, and it's interesting. I didn't tell him what I was preaching on. You guys are gonna be like, "Yeah, right, Pastor." I know you guys; you have to see this. No, I don't. Because me and him might ruin it. So I don't do that. But see, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did last night unless there was a church. If there wasn't a fellowship of churches, I would have never met Isaac if it wasn't for the church. If it wasn't for a precious, precious, faithful saint. Coming into my congregation. Coming into my little church. And breathing life. Through her relationship with Jesus Christ. And then eventually I got to meet Isaac. And he basically said, I'm good bro, leave me alone. And we've been friends ever since. See, it's more than just a club though too. And the effect of the church is more than just a club. See, till we come to a place where we're able to say that the church is the most important thing in my life, we are lacking something. I want you to think about that little question or that, that fine comment that I'm making. Because it's a very pointed comment, isn't it? But I mean it from the bottom of my heart because it's what the Bible teaches. Attitude, it's important. Some people have the attitude that it's not that important. Some people have the attitude, many people have the attitude that it's not that important. You know, there's a difference between saying, I'll do it, and saying, I'll do it. There's a difference. See, the church is not a third-class waiting room. It's not like, oh, I couldn't go there, so I went to church. When we wait for first-class accommodations in heaven, it's a dynamic community with eternal significance in the purpose of God. The church of God's goal. Well, the church is God's goal for mankind. Let's look at our perspective and let's view the church in light of God. I'm going to read from Ephesians. Verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him, In love. He's speaking of the church. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trust in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee? of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave to him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let us pray. Lord Father God, I ask you to make us, this small body of believers, a part of Jesus Christ. You're all in all. I ask you, Lord Father God, to miraculously bless this body of believers. In truth and in faith, and give us the power and the authority that is given to the church as being the body of Christ, as He is the head over all of us. I ask you, Lord, to do an amazing thing and bring anointing down from heaven, bring power to your words, anoint the man of God as I preach, and Lord Father God, let not one word be idle. And let not one word fall to the ground, but let us receive it as a body. Anoint this time in Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen. We need uh, to be the body of Christ. Because God's eternal purpose on the earth is that the average believer... Is not average, but that the average believer in the body of Christ is a manifestation of all his power. See, the average believer now sees that in any place where they are is where they are. Maybe they see a great move of God being in a great crusade. Or being in a Christian performance or in a TV studio, etc. And they look at themselves and they go, we're kind of rinky dinky. By comparison, this looks kind of dull. And the tendency is to make it seem unimportant, the average. Almost like you have to make apologies for church, right? Like if I want my brother to come to church, i got to be like, oh Jimmy, you know, I know you don't like vegetables, but they're good for you. They taste good. It's good for you, don't worry. We'll put some cheese on And if that's your mentality, you know, someplace you've made a severe departure from the word of God. Because I just read the word of God, and I felt the power of God pour out from his word. The power of God is the power of the church. It's his all in all. It's what he's created. See, it's more than just a religious gathering, or hearing someone talk well, or hearing someone talk poorly. It's more than visiting other saints. It's more than activities. It's the pinnacle of God's purpose. God always came. And he always sought out to have a people. A group of people. That's why God came here. Who would walk and live in a covenant relationship with him. It's what he wants for the planet. A people who will love him and serve him. Will look to him as being above all other things. This is why you know, dangerous, unproven ideas are resisted by a real church. This is why your pastor doesn't go, you know, oh yeah, that's a cool lap. <clears throat> because your pastor doesn't know if that's a cool lap. He knows what the Word of God says. We may be able to use things in the world, turn them upside down and and, and use them as vehicles for Jesus Christ, like this screen here, must remember what the purpose of God is. Matthew 1, referring to Jesus' birth, he says it will save people from their sins. Acts 5 says that at first, what God wants to do to visit the Gentiles is to take them out of a people for his name's sake. says, to make ready a people. That's what John was doing when it refers to him. To make ready a people and prepare them for the Lord. God's purpose is not revolved about a single person. That's what I'm trying to get at today. See, the singleness of you is what makes you see, you know, judge things and put them in the wrong perspective. Rather, God is looking at a people. He's always thinking in corporate terminology. This is why Pastor tries to get you to pray corporately. I'm not going to go too far down this road, but you have to learn to pray together. You can't just pray by yourself. You know what happens when you pray by yourself? You end up being like Elijah. It's not in my sermon, but, you know, that's what he, he was one of those guys who prayed by himself. And then he goes to God when things get tough, and he says, just kill him, because there's no one good. And God goes, I've got a remnant of people. Go here, here, and here. They're all waiting for you. He didn't know there was a church. I wonder why because he wasn't seeking it. He might have been hoping for it, but he had no idea Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city of New Jerusalem. It was coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for who? Her husband. No Bruce Willis, no Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's people, it's men like me and you. Not significant men, doesn't say Moses. Oh, I saw Elijah Eurasia and Moses. No, it says it was with men. See, the revelation, how this book ends, the revelation of the will of God, the purpose of God, it's his We are members, one of another. We need to be careful how you, or how we, or even how I, view our church, how we look at our time together. It's more than a schedule. It's more than sermon notes. It's not just a flash. As though every time we gather together, we have these great feelings, right? Powerful experiences. Many of us here have seen miraculous things happen in our church services, haven't we? Right. Most of the time, truth is, we don't feel anything. That doesn't take away from what we've lost. Did you feel something real inspiring, Dan, when you were picking up all those chairs and putting them in the church van uh, after Easter? Did you just feel the power of God washing over you like she smashed your thumb? <laughs> Boy, that sounds like a move. That's powerful. Ooh. That's powerful. <laughs> right? We spent a lot of time See it doesn't take away from you. See the calling of those called to the church. Something I want you to focus on. The calling. He uses this word, the calling. You were called. You were called to the church. I didn't understand that. I got saved on the street corner, guys. That Satan on the street corner I was walking down the street corner And God touched me right there Saved me But you know I went right back to my sin just took a few weeks I didn't forget about God That led me down a path But you know where the path ended up? In the knees of the church On my knees at an altar, I'm read about where the chorus is. That's where I was. But see, we have to understand that the church is not a structure, is it? It's not. It's not by definition. It's not a structure. Rather. What church means is the assembly together of the called out ones. People called out together. That's what the church is. With or without a building. Why is the church more than the program or the denomination? More than the music groups? The things we think that we like? Or the things we think we don't like. You know how many people I've seen walk out of church because they don't like something? Or because they like something else? I had someone walk out of church, go into our church for years. Because we preach altar calls where we actually tell people that if they're not right with God, then they need to repent and get saved. And that we do it with conviction. And sometimes people raise their hands. That we're like in church for a few months. Oh my God, if they were in church for a year and they raised their hand, That that's horrible. That just makes everyone feel bad. Can't they do that in their closet or something? They should be able to just do that at Maybe they, could, maybe they could go to pastor and have a meeting afterwards. No. You publicly confess your sin. And if God is dealing with you today, you publicly come to the altar and you raise your hand and say, God, I need to be born again, 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 again. Yes. Tell somebody they have no hope because they're not as holy as Ms. Holy Pants. That's not going to happen in my church. Amen. In my church, people are going to be convicted of sin, and I'm going to pray for God's conviction to come down and get every single heart No matter how many people I gathered that day, because it means something to be called. It's more than church shopping. You can go to Ross to do that. I'm telling you, you can church shop at Ross. Get your degree online, and then just make your whole living room into a church if you want. If you want to go church shopping, I got plenty of ladies that'll help you. But unfortunately, they belong to this church. See, being a Christian means you're called out of sin and into the light of God. Sometimes we have to realize that. 1 Peter 2 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. You are a people. Isn't that weird? You are a people. If you have any significance, you're a people. You're not a Christian, me Christian, me Christian. You're a people. So that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So that you can make some noise. Amen, yes.
1: Because God inhabits
0: the praises of His people. Yes, Amen.
1: He doesn't inhabit the praise of a
0: man. Or the praise of a woman. He inhabits the praises of his people. It means we don't live the same lives as before. We must forsake them. This will make church work for you. You know, the church doesn't do anything for people who try to bring in all their stuff and live the same life. Try to live the same old life they lived, but now they're in the church. That's why you see churches that are weird. I'm just going to be flat out honest. Churches are weird. Now, we all can't avoid that to a certain extent because we're weirdos. But one of the things you'll notice is you'll see feminine churches. You'll see, you know, all kinds of, like, different natures of churches. You know? You'll see all kinds of different things that they just don't, they don't go. They're not right. It's like, you know, you can tell, oh, I'm I'm, I'm in the Hispanic church. I got it. I got it. You know, my, my stepfather is German. You know, my mom was telling me about how she was going to the German church, so, like old bunch of old German people. You know what I mean? <laughs> I said, I said, I said, is it really reserved? She said, Yeah, they don't. Really. They don't really do much. See, you can't do that. You can't just bring all your stuff in. See, we're called into a relationship with God. And our greatest problem is not really believing. That's not the big problem. It's remaining near to Him. It's remaining with God. That's the problem. We're able to love Him and then slowly drift away. That's how we are with God. See, we we have a difficulty... Have you ever noticed how you have a difficulty maintaining fellowship in prayer? Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about, because you're not praying at all. But if you do pray, i will subject you, God, He'll be like, oh, you're, you're praying awesome! You know? And then after a while, you'll find that you have a hard time maintaining that fellowship in prayer, because you're just praying the same old prayers. Because you're not in a fellowship with him. You came to him in a time of need, and now you're starting to drift away You're not asking God. You know, when your prayer stinks, I got a, I got a real good, I've got some good advice. This is good, homemade advice. This is like my mom's meatloaf. Okay? Let me tell you how you do this. Alright? You ask him why it sucks. God's not offended by that. That's how I said, hey God, I was praying and I don't feel nothing. Why? What's wrong, God? What are we doing wrong? Why do I feel this way? He likes that. You spend time in his book. You start to read the Bible and you go, okay. What's going on here? And then all of a sudden, fire comes down. Fire will come down when you begin to witness to people, when you begin to do what is said in the book. One of the reasons that we focus so much on evangelism is because the book focuses on evangelism. I can't stand Christians, no matter what denomination they are, who are not evangelistic. Because the focuses on it. And because that's where fire comes from. And then all of a sudden you come and you worship Him and it's heartfelt. It means something. I can't tell you how many times I have witnessed to people it didn't even go that well but then as I worship God I begin. those people begin to come into my heart. God begins to deal with me and help me. The Bible says that God is faithful by whom you were called. You were called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's another thing. Make sure you're praying to Jesus and not just God. Because God can become a lot of things. God can be like, oh, I'm, I'm having some cloud talk with God. But Jesus, he's different, isn't he? He's bloody. He's got holes in his hands. He can see. Yeah. No, they're there. The holes are there. That's what the Bible says. When you shake Jesus' hand, there's going to be holes in his hand. It's different. People ask me why I didn't stay safe when I was 19. It's because I didn't know that I was supposed to be dealing with Jesus. That's why. I got the conviction of God, I got the, the deliverance from many things, but I didn't have that relationship with Jesus. And so when He walked down the street, I didn't walk with Him. When he said, come here, Wes, to this place of suffering, I said, I deserve better than that. And I lost out on what Jesus was doing through the church, which is calling you to a future inheritance. Hebrews says, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. You confess Christ Jesus tell people how you're right with Christ Jesus you confess him I put him on that cross we all did and now we worship him because he forgave us and he paid the price for our sins that's what we do and he gave me hope when there was no hope he showed me that I could live differently I'm not attached to these things anymore I'm called I'm I'm called to what is beyond these things these things that are here they're they're, they're nothing they mean nothing I'm going somewhere beyond these things that are here even makes me miss ice cream guys sometimes I don't have ice cream that night can't afford it can't afford it and I go, you know, I don't sit there. Anymore. Well, maybe I home a little bit, but I still do it. Sometimes I get too home. I get home and it's too late for ice cream because I've been out evangelizing or doing something else. But I do it gladly because this final point I want to make tonight before we close, or This morning before we close, hopefully I don't preach till tonight. We'll see. That he has called us together Us together All of us Even Dan He's called us together It says in Deuteronomy that we are a holy people We're called to be a special people Above all the people on the earth That ought to mean something to you When God grafted us in as Gentiles You know, you want to have a cure for, for, uh, for uh, uh, what do you call it, Napoleon complex? Although I heard Napoleon wasn't that short. Somebody, some short guy was coming in. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got an inferiority complex? You get nervous? Have the assurance that you've been called to be above all people on earth as long as you're right with Jesus Christ. It's a critical, critical perspective we need to have. And it has to be the attitude of our church. Because you can either attend church or you can belong to church. And that's what I want to ask you. Do you attend church or do you belong? There's a great difference between those. Those who attend have the luxury of just being a spectator. They can criticize people very easily. They can criticize the pastor. They can criticize sermons. You know, if you're counting how many times I said no, you might have a problem. You might. Because that's not what it's about. See when you belong, you're on the same team. You want to see the team make it. When you're belong, when you belong, you go up to the pastor and you go, hey uh I don't mean to admit this, but uh it was 14 you know, Because you belong. Let's get it down to 10 next time, boss, all right? Right? You're keeping score for the kingdom when you keep score. You know, you're a part of the body. That's what the Bible says, as there are many parts but one body. You see the weaker parts as indispensable. How many people here have looked and thought to themselves, who's the weakest person in church? You didn't think I was going to leave the whole entire sermon without putting some conviction in here. I asked you that. Who sat here and said, who's the weakest member of this church? Do you even know? What? Well, you know, that's how foot gets infected. It is. That's how you lose a toe. All of a sudden, you can't walk anymore. I didn't know it was to Right? See? Tenders are always nervous, too, aren't they? When you're a guest, you never quite feel comfortable. It's different than when you're a family. Make the relationship more casual. Hey, can I ask some Nova See this. We think things are a little inconvenient. We know it's important, but it's not being as important as God is. You know, you ought to love the church as much as Jesus did. He died, He gave Himself for it. He sits up there humbly watching the He sits up there humbly watching the world just disregard him, turn him into a story. The Bible says that as the church, we ought to love him as much as Jesus does. And he doesn't lightly use those words. We're supposed to be brethren. Fellow laborers. Because someday that's all there will be. You know, if you're having trouble with church right now, I want to tell you Jesus is coming for his church. And that's where he's going to end up. One day we're going to stand before God. And we're either going to be in church or not in church. That's what the Bible says. Someday that's all there will be. Because this is all in all. This is the pinnacle of humankind. This is the pinnacle of mankind. And we're losing that every day. It's a place where we belong with our faults, with our frailties, with our weaknesses. And I ask you this morning, will it become the most important reference point in your life? will be where you learn virtually everything you know. About God, about righteousness, and about truth. Because the promise is for us, corporately. I'd like every head bowed, and every eye closed in this place. I'd like us to take a moment, just a moment this morning, in reverence to God and reverence to those around us, just take a moment to express the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are all sinners, and that the wages of those sins cause death. <laughs> Separation from God. That distance that you feel from God, from His Spirit, can be bridged by the blood of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ alone. And the Bible says that if you